Bibel. Mein persönliches Lieblingsbuch. Die Bibel, das Lebenselixier jedes Christen. Die Bibel, die uns Kraft verleiht, die uns aufsteigen lässt. Die Bibel. Ich lese die Bibel jeden Tag. Wirklich, wirklich jeden Tag. So wow, let's give our Thomas a big round of applause. Isn't that a, a really amazing uh, clip, actually? Uh, we kicked uh, this series about the Bible some many, many weeks ago, and the reason is because I had so many conversations with a lot of Christians in our days. Not everyone believes in the Bible anymore, and even a lot, some, some big ministries, they're falling apart in two parts. Some people, they believe that the Bible is the inspired Word of God to the Holy Spirit, and other people say, yeah, it's just a book. And I think for us as a community, as a church, also micro church, I want to lay down the foundation uh, on which we stand. I really do believe that the Word of God is inspired to the Holy Spirit, given by God Almighty. And what I love about the Bible, there's many, many reasons. For example, when I start reading the Bible, do you know what happens? The Bible starts to read me. Isn't that amazing? The moment I start reading the Bible, the Bible starts to read me. It's the biggest mirror actually ever happens because it reflects me, my journey and my walk, my thought, my talk, everything in my life. Mark Twain, a very famous writer, he said one day, I don't, I don't bother about those Bible verses I struggle. I struggle about those Bible verses which I do understand. With other words, I, uh, we have so many times a revelation from God And that revelation of God sometimes doesn't feel so cool because I have to change my life. And that's why I want to start uh, with a Bible verse in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. I want to lay down the foundation. It says, all scripture, and he speaks about all the scripture from the Old Testament, actually. All the scripture from the Old Testament is inspired by God and it's useful to teach us what is true and what makes us realizing what is wrong in our lives. Isn't that amazing? It corrects us when we were wrong and teaches us to do what is right. That means when we study the Word of God, it's a mirror that helps me to focus and live a different lifestyle. Isn't that amazing? This will never happen when I, when I study TikTok or Instagram. That's a different level. Verse 17, God uses to prepare us and equip us, the people, to do every good work. That's the powerful thing of the Bible, actually. And uh, when some years ago, the New York Times uh, had on the headline two questions. I want to start with this because in so many places, people, they will say, for example, how true is the Bible really? There's some questions that people have, or maybe you're growing up in a church and you heard all about, about the Bible. Yes, but I have some questions. A year later was the question in the New York Times, is the Bible fact or fiction? That means even favors, uh, magazines, they were thinking and writing about the Bible. So dear people, in the next 20 minutes, I want to give you an overflow of Bible verse, of facts and figures and argument that you will walk out today and you will be never be the same anymore. Are you happy for that? Even if you watch online and micro church, because it's not enough anymore if I will say to you, the Bible is the word of God, 
point, you will say, uh, Pastor Leo, I have some questions. And I want to give you a lot of reasons why I really do believe historically and a lot of things why the Word of God, the Bible, is the most famous book all. Every year wins the title, the most printed book, the number one book in the whole entire world. So when I fly, the captain usually say, ladies and gentlemen, fasten your seatbelts. That's the moment right now, fasten your seatbelts spiritually, uh, going uh, arguments and arguments and arguments and arguments. So I thought, point number one, I can trust the Bible because it is historical accurate. It's historical accurate. And you have to understand, the people in those times, many years ago, they, they had no laptops or computers or smartphone or paper. They wrote down the story of the God on a papyrus. And papyrus had one problem after maybe 10 or 20 years, it, it broke down. That means they had to rewrite the whole story again and again and again. And that's the moment people say, yes, Pastor Leo, that's my point. If you rewrite the things again and again and again and again and again and again, after a while, you're far away from the beginning and the original. Have you ever tried it in your school? You are like 10 people and you whisper in one ear, for example, my land. It's a city in Italy, my land. And you give the word to the next person and it comes out after 10 people, Thailand. <laughs> Have you ever tried that? People say, that's the same thing. If you rewrite again and again and again after some years, you're far away from the original. Here's the point. If you, are, if you will be God, you will do everything in your power to choose the right people to be really sure that you love story with people that everyone understands even 2,000 years later. You know the story. God has done everything and uses people in the right moment, the right task. And there were a group, it's called Masorets. The Masorets just Think about it, the Masorets, they were um, people, they had like, they said, we were watchmen. We are watching really careful, is a guy takes a papyrus and rewrites it. They had a system with words and numbers. And they counted every single word. If they figured out in this papyrus, there's one word is lacking or missing, they keep the whole papyrus away. Same thing when you have a computer. Down in the computer is, is like the number, 2,315 words. They did exactly the same thing. And here it is, uh, in these uh, Masorets, you see here in the circle, the word L. The word L means in Hebrew, Lamet. And Lamet means this word is only once in the Bible. Be careful if you rewrite this papyrus, this word exists only one time, and if you rewrite this in 100 years, don't think you're smart. We have a different word. Use exactly Lamet, the same words like 200 years ago. Their job will be watchmen. Be careful, writer. Don't mess it. Lamet, this happens only once, and be careful when you rewrite the whole story. God gave those people a passion to rewrite the whole thing appropriately, exacting the right things. So they did this for many, many, many years. But you know, God knew that maybe in the year 2000 that a lot of small people, they will say, oh, we do not believe in the Bible anymore. It's a fairy tale. It's a good book. But after 2000 years ago, we are far away from the original. Have you ever heard, heard that? God is not stupid. God knows how we will think in 2000 years. This God stories, this is a God story. And here's the funny thing in the year 1947, 
a 17-year-old Bedouin, uh, he found in Israel, in the Qumran, some documents. And he's a Muslim guy. That's the funny thing. God uses a Muslim guy to find some documents in the Qumran. And the Qumran caves, here's a picture. He found 10,000 and 10,000, 10,000 and 10,000 of documents from the Old Testament, Isaiah, Hezekiel, Leviticus, numerous, all those things. And they start reading it and say, oh my gosh. When you see the original text and 2,000 years later, it's almost identically. This is the biggest story in the whole human being, actually. How, 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 how the Vessel Rights has done an amazing job. And when I heard that, it gives us everyone who believes you write down the text as original, but after some years, you're far away from the original text. It never happens because God has chosen certain people. Their job was to be watchmen over the inspired word of the living God. Let's give for that God a big round of applause. It's God's story. It's God's story. So in Psalm 33 verse 4, For the word of the Lord is right and true, he is faithful in it all he does. God, it's God's story. And God is still on the throne. The second reason why I really do believe we can trust the Bible, it's scientifically accurate. It means um, it's not like a scientist book, actually, or the language is not scientific, actually. But here's the point. God is the founder, creator of everything. He was there in the beginning. Scientists always, they're figuring out some years later what God already knew because he was there. He created. So a guy named Jay Klepper, an astronomer, he said, science is thinking God's thoughts after him. <laughs> I like it. This is brilliant. We figured out 2,000 years later how things working and say, oh my gosh, we are so smart. We're smiling, we're celebrating, we're writing books. And God will say, oh, I'm happy for you. I knew this always 2,000 years ago because I was there. I spoke one word, the heaven and the earth came to existence. Scientists are figuring out what God has done already. Hey, and now I'm really excited because I studied these whole things for many, many weeks, actually, and I'm so into those things. Scientifically, you will find many, 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 many proofs that God gave prophets an insight that nobody could knew. And I want to share with four points with you, for example. For thousands of years, the people believed. And listen to me. A lot of things people believed for thousands of years. They said, we, we started that. We know. And they taught this to people. It was dead wrong. They believed, for example, the earth is flat. Still people in our days, they believe that. But I don't get it. They taught the people the earth is flat. In the year 1492, there was a name Christoph Columbus. You ever heard about Christoph Columbus? Yeah. He took a boat. But they believe the earth is flat. So they put the line where he is to drive the boat. He should go to India, but unfortunately, he ended in America. And he came back and said, dear people, the earth is not flat. It's, it's a globe. It has a, a curve in it. 
And he came back and said, you, we, we taught the wrong things. And 2,600 years before Columbus, God, to the Holy Spirit, spoke to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 22. God sits above the circle on the earth. He knew that before Columbus came to the wrong place. Isn't that amazing? I'll tell you why. It's God's stories. Another thing, for thousands of years, people believed that the earth has to be held up. They said, the earth cannot just be, so someone has to held. For example, the Greek people believed that Atlas, have you ever heard about Atlas? Atlas, a strong Greek god, he held the earth with his hand, Atlas. The Hindu people, they believed there's a big elephant on the back of the elephant, the elephant carries the earth. And when the elephant moves, that's the moment when an earthquake happens on this earth. And the elephant stands on a big turtle, and the turtle stands on a big uh, uh, snake in the sea, and this is what Hindu people believed. The Egyptian people believed that the earth is held with five pillars. And think about it, Moses, was in Egypt and he studied all the Egypt thinking and they believed the earth is held with five pillars. For thousands of years, the Hindu, the Greek, they believed something very unique and we laugh a little bit, but check this out. God spoke to Job in Job 26 verse 7. God stretches the northern sky over the empty space and hangs the earth Oh, nothing. Job will say, give me a break. I knew it before you even were born. And I like it. I tell you why. It's God's story. Another reason why people believed for thousands of years, they believed you can count the stars in the sky. Have you ever been uh, in St. Moritz, Switzerland? Beautiful. You should, you should go there. Because at night you can count their endless stars. You can see the stars all over actually. But check this out. 150 years before Christ, Hipparchus, he announced and he taught this around the world. He said, there's 1,022 stars. <laughs> and 300 years later, a guy said, oh, uh, sorry, I counted the stars. I found four more. And now we're laughing and say, what's wrong with you guys? There are millions and billions of, of galaxies in the universe. We know that right? because of the Hubble, the Hubble telescope. It brings pictures and all, all the rockets are going up there. Jeremiah 33 verse 22. And as the stars of the skies cannot be counted and the sand of the seashores cannot be measured, <laughs> Jeremiah will say 126. No, the millions and billions of stars you cannot count it. Isn't it amazing? God created every single star in the universe and he gave every single star a name. Do you know that? If the millions and billions of stars means God is never running out of names. I remember we have two kids. It took us nine months for two names. Simon and Stephen. They're, maybe you never heard names like that. It's like, wow. It took us nine months. But the millions and billions of stars in the universe shows how big our God is. Don't tell me that your small detail, it's too small for God. It's not. 
The next point is you almost cannot, they believe for thousands of years, you cannot stop an epidemic. They say we cannot do that because if a lot of people get infected, we cannot stop that anymore. In the Middle Age, one-fourth of the room people, people died of the Black Death. 50 million people died in Europe and say, we cannot stop this flu anymore. They had no clue what to do. You know, they stayed in a house, for example, your daughter was sick and you stayed in the same house and after one week, everyone was infected and everyone died. And doctors and all those small people said, we have no clue how we can stop this epidemic. But listen to me. They saw that all the Jewish people they didn't get affected and they were still alive. And the people in Europe said, something is wrong with the Jewish people. Everyone is dying, but they don't die. So they believed that the Jewish people poisoned the water and that's why the Black Dead came to Europe. Do you know what the people did? They killed the Jewish people, they burned the Jewish people thousands and thousands, and even in Basel, in Switzerland, they killed Jewish people because they blamed that you are the reason that we are dying. Hey, listen to me. If you say, I don't like the Old Testament, you don't know what you're talking right now. If you say, I only believe in the new covenant and the old covenant is over, you, 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 are, you are fool. And I tell you why, now we're getting really angry. Because God is not stupid. He gave 613 laws to Moses. And these laws are not religion laws, it's a life coaching. God is saying, if you eat this, you stay healthy. If you sleep enough, you get healthy. If you do this and this, if you have like, you, you, you monthly, as a woman, you have to deal this and this. It life coaching. And now listen to me, the reason why Jewish people didn't die in the middle century was one reason. They figured out something where European people struggled for years. In Leviticus chapter 13, verse B, the priest will quarantine the person for seven days. The Jewish people knew if you are sick, you're going to the quarantine. Have you ever heard about quarantine? Have you ever heard about lockdown? Hey, dear people, it's nothing new actually. And after seven days, if you're not recovered, they say, go again for another seven days. They knew that. Do you know from whom? Not from Dr. Pepper, from Dr. Almighty. And Dr. Almighty, God Almighty was there in the beginning and said, I know when you get sick, go to the quarantine and you will survive and not your whole entire family will die. Isn't that flipping amazing? When I read those things, I say, oh my gosh, you are just another level. For thousands of years, people are struggling. The people of God have never been sick and they believed in the current time. Oh my gosh, I'm so boom shakala happy. So now I want to go further. The next thing, I can trust the Bible because it's thematically unified. There is actually a red line in the Bible. You have to understand, the Quran is written by one person, by Muhammad. And uh, the Buddha is written a book by Buddha, one person. Confucius wrote a book about Confucius, one person. I mean, if one person speaks about your own life, I will say, yeah, this is a little bit very narrow-minded. Do you know what God did? God chose 66 
66 books in the whole entire Bible, 40 different writers in three different continents for over 1,600 years. And they could not phone, hey John, I'm writing right now the, 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 the Gospel of John. Hey Mark, what are you writing right now? They had no smartphone, no TikTok, nothing. In 1,600 years around the globe, God gave different people prophetic words about the coming of the Messiah of Jesus Christ. This is how smart it is. I'll tell you something more. Farmers wrote the Bible, kings and soldiers, shepherds, principal priests, historians, fishermen, tax collectors, scholars, and also businessmen. They wrote it in caves, in ships, in places, in prisons and deserts. They wrote it all over. And what I like about that means there's not one guy, different people around the world with the same topic. John chapter 5, verse 39. I like this. Check this out. You search the scriptures because you believe they give you eternal life. I like this question. But the scripture points to me. Isn't it amazing? I like it. You think you find an excuse? No, no, no. I am the real Messiah. So, I want to, people ask me, okay, in the year, after 300 years after Christ, the people in the church, small people, they decided which documents belong into the Bible. And I want to give you an overview how smart it is. Like in the Old Testament, they had some documents, and 200 years before Jesus Christ came, they finished the Old Testament. The old document, like a canon, was done. The Jewish people said, this is the book finished. So then you have some documents about Mark, Matthew, John, and Luke. They wrote down about the life of Jesus Christ. And then you have all the letters from Paul to the Corinthians, Timotheus, the Roman books, and all those different books. Now, these letters, 200 years before Christ, it's done. But what about all those documents? Why they came into the Bible? Some people, they just made a decision which books they like. And here are four qualifications that which documents came into the La Biblia. And those people in the church, they never added something. Their job was not adding, they were selecting. And there were four qualities of selecting. First of all, they must be a, a, a prophet or uh, they must be an apostle. That's why Paul is saying, I am the least of the apostles. The name apostle means I have the authority that my documents are inspired by the Holy Spirit. Apostle or a prophet. Second, you have to be well known. Your reputation had to be really, really high. There was, for example, another guy was Simon. He wrote also some documents and they said, we, we don't know the reputation of Simon. And he wrote something brand new, which you never heard. And the third point was, it cannot be something new. It has to be all those things, what God has wrote in the Old Testament, it has to be linked and be together. That means the point number four was, everything had to be a link to the Old Testament. Here's a picture of all the links. There are more than 67,000 links from the new documents to the old documents. That means that those people said, you must be an apostle prophet, a big name, you cannot write something new. Also the book of Revelation comes from the book of Daniel and Ezekiel. 
And it has to be a link of the Old Testament because the foundation, dear friends, of the La Biblia, it's not the new covenant, it's the old laws of the Bible fulfilled in the name of Jesus Christ. And I like that because it's still God's story. So I want to read a Bible verse in, in a, I wrote it already. Okay, so let's move on. I can trust the Bible because it survives all our texts. Do you know that people died? There are some places where, where it's not allowed to bring a Bible. Have you ever thought about when the Bible is a fairy tale, when the Bible is just a book, why in the world it's not allowed to bring a Bible to a certain place? Have you ever thought about it? Because people, they know exactly if you, the moment if you start reading the Bible, the Bible changes your life because you will be, never be the same anymore. His name, his name is Voltaire. Voltaire, I like this guy, a crazy guy. He, he said, in 100 years from, from, from my day, there will be no Bible on earth except the one it is locked up in the Equatorian consider seeker. In other words, in 100 years, you cannot find a Bible, maybe in the museum. And he had a printing machine and he printed all his thoughts about the Bible. He spread all the prints to all the people. Hey, I want to I wanna tell you something. Don't fool God. God is always in the biggest lead. He printed everything against the Bible. 50 years later, the Geneva Bible Translation Institute bought the house of Voltaire. And the printing machine and printed millions of Bibles around the world. <laughs> hey, let's give God a hand. I like those things. <laughs> I like those things because you cannot fool God. God is always in another level. I like it. And there's another one why I really do believe in the Bible. And this is always makes me really mad and angry. When people said the Bible is only a fairy tale. I told in the first message Thousands of Christians died for those documents. You will not give up your life for a document. It's a fairy tale. People died as the biggest message around the world. Those documents speaking and telling us from Jesus Christ, he died on the cross, cr crucified by Roman soldier. But after three days, he rose from the dead and he met hundreds of people around Jerusalem. That means people died for a book and you don't die just for an ordinary book. Isn't that true? People always saying that, but they have never studied history actually. And I want to close with my last point. I can trust the Bible because it has a transforming power. If you're reading the Bible, if you start reading the Bible, maybe in English, in French, whatever, in whichever language, the moment which I start reading the Bible, the Bible starts reading me and the Bible has changed my whole entire life. In John chapter 7, verse 38, whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, that means the old documents, rises a living water will flow from him then. That means if you believe in the word of the Lord, flowing waters and peace and joy will go all over. Do you know why I love the Bible? I do not have to understand everything, but when you open the Bible, say, Holy Spirit, oh, it's early in the morning. You know, I'm still tired. But Swiss people, they get up five o'clock in the morning. That's job as my wife. 
And when you read the Bible, do you know that the Bible, this book has changed my life? I cannot be greedy anymore because the Bible says, if you give, you will receive. I don't care what people say about, people say to me often, but you're just collecting money for the church. I say, no, 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 no. If we give money, we give it to the Lord and the God builds his house. And the Bible says, when you give, God will open the floodgates of heaven. And people say, really? He says, yeah, it's in the book. And study the Jewish people. They're the most richest people around the world. They have a network around the world. And I can read those things in the Bible. The Bible says, forgive. I would say, no, I don't want to forgive. I open the Bible, forgive. I don't want to forgive. The Bible says, yes, forgive, because God has forgiven you as well. Before I was a believer, I will not forgive you. I will kick you. This is the minimum. Spit on you. That's also the minimum. But the Bible taught me, Pastor Leo, yes, forgive. Yeah, but God is not fair. Yes, I know. I died on the cross, was not fair either. But this is the message of the Bible. And all the stories of the Bible changes my soul, my spirit, my thinking, how I talk, how I walk, how I see, what I hear. Can I close with one amazing story which I heard? I, I preached this, this week in Germany in a, on a conference. And there was a woman, she, is a, she was a Muslim. And I asked her about the journey and she told me, the day when she received Jesus Christ, she lost in one moment her whole entire family. The family kicked her out. And the father said, you will never have an inheritance. You will never see money. And I said to her, why, why do you still believe in Jesus? She said, you know, prosperity gospel sucks. Just receive, receive socks. I said, what do you mean by that? I like it. She said, no, no, no. There are people around the world that are dying not for prosperity. There are millions of people that are dying around the world because they believe in a Messiah, in Jesus Christ. And I said, but what's the story? She said, we're praying for miracle, signs and miracles, but we never speak about the miracle of peace. I get up in the morning and I have so much peace, but my circumstances are not amazing. And she said to me, have you ever thought about when the Christians were in the Colosseum in Rome and the Roman people, they sent them and the lions will kill them. And the Roman people heard the Christians were singing and they said, stop singing. But the Christians, they never stop singing to a God who is almighty and all-known and powerful. And they know even though if the lion kills me, I have a friend and a peace that no one can rob from me. Hey, you heard so many times you believe and because you believe that you get two houses, four Ferraris, good on you. I have actually seven Ferraris. Good on me, just kidding. But I want to tell you right now, when we speak about a God who is good, it's for everyone a different story, right? Some people, they die because they believe. 
Some people, they get rich because they believe. Some people, they die even though they believe in healing. And some people get healed because they get healed. You have everything in the church, but we have the same God who does signs and miracles. When you need God, God gives you peace. God gives you joy, even though if your circumstances doesn't make sense. Hey, thanks for watching. Hey, our passion for people is that we see them grow in their relationship with Jesus, live fearlessly and influence their people and the surrounding in a positive way. And if you would like to be part of that vision, we thank you so much for your financial support because that would make it possible. I hope that this message spoke to you really. And if you don't have subscribed to our channel, please do this. And it's always a big blessing. Maybe you know some people in your neighborhood or in your friendship that podcast could be a very well cool thing just share the link because it's pretty pretty easy and I'm looking forward to see you again tune in and God bless you and see you soon bye bye